A long time ago, on a comics page far, far away. Greetings and welcome to May the Panel Be With You, the Star Wars comic book podcast brought to you by the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. I am your humble host, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, the Biggs Darklighter to my Jack Porkins, it's John Campbell. Mm, I'll take that, even though I die. Hello, everybody. Hey, we both die. We go down together in a blaze of glory. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and I get that sweet 70s stash. Indeed, indeed. Yes, here we are. We finally got to the end of this at last. Oh, my gods. Oh, by the great space gods, as this comic might say. <laughs> All right. There's so many crazy things in this last issue. I just want to dive. Oh, yeah. Because Let's go straight into it. Because, yeah, we are in issue number six of the original Marvel Comics Group Star Wars comic book from 1977. This particular issue was released in December 1st, 1977. So the last of the books to be, re be released this year. We've got a lot of the same creative team. We've got Roy Thomas on writing. We've got Howard Chaykin on pencils. But this time, all of the other creatives that we've been seeing up to this point, Lealoa, uh, Orzakowski, they're gone. Uh, because this issue is clearly a rush job. Oh, we've yeah. got a couple of inkers credited in Bill Ray and uh, Rick Hoberg. And I don't know, actually, who is credited as the letterer here. It is really unclear based on the credits and even inside the book itself. Uh, we'll start with the cover, obviously, but inside the book, it, it's a little confusing because they're names I don't recognize uh, being credited as the letterers. Paddy Lay and Royer? Yeah, I don't know who those people are. No idea who those are, yeah. And, and what cursory research I was able to do, like, there were uh, House Marvel staff, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, but they're not given any credits on Marvel Unlimited, and I couldn't find a lot of information Do you think about by them. the time we're doing this, they're like, God, are we still doing that? Like... No. <laughs> Star Wars booked in end that's still going? No, because they have to know that this is the end point of the story they set out with, right? Because our theory thus far has been that they were working with some kind of shooting script for yeah. the book, and that's how this adaptation was made. Yeah, and then some concept art and still photos, right? Most likely. Again, this is a lot of supposition on our part um, because we're extremely lazy and we haven't interviewed anybody or done any amount of research. Another thing. Could we be doing all of that? Probably. We're busy guys, though. The fact that we get... Just be happy we do this once a week. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy we do this I, once Me a week. too. I love doing this, but it is sort of like, yeah, that's about as much as I... I can read this issue and come talk about it. That's about the end of what I can do. Uh <laughs> Uh, anyway, although I do think this is ripe for, I don't have time to make this, but somebody out there, somebody should do a documentary about this comic. I think this would be really interesting. That would take a lot of time and energy, I think. And some of the main creative forces, is Roy Thomas still alive? Did we establish that? We did look this up. He is. And if anybody has the okay. connection to him, I, I have talked about it. I would love to interview him on the show about this. Uh, and that obviously, Bacon's still alive. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Although he'd be going, you know, I don't remember anything. Right. I think for both of those creators, this book is a footnote at best. Yep. Yeah. The, Roy Thomas was doing Spider-Man and Conan and a lot of other stuff at this time. And mm -hmm. I think that speaks to a lot of what we're talking about, where this was like nobody's primary focus. Right. 
At, at, at most, Archie Goodwin is the one whose hand is on the wheel here. <laughs> I sure do like those space pictures. <laughs> why, he's such a he's such a like uh, milk toast guy in our impression of uh, <laughs> he's slowly becoming Millhouse in my head is what yeah. is happening. When are we gonna get to the space movie? Yeah, well, we, we they, uh, like he's 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 trying to play it off cool and go like anybody uh, anybody editing that uh, space movie book? Uh, I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could. Uh, it, if you don't mind, I could I could get my hands on that space book. Oh, Ooh. folks, do yourself a favor and just look up Archie Goodwin and this mop of hair he had in the seventies and his giant glasses. <laughs> Millhouse may not be far off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, boy, I we this cover is okay. Let's get to the cover, yeah, Bill, man. As I, I at last. The soul-shattering climax of the year's best movie. Last week, we talked a lot about Roy Thomas's masturbatory writing yeah. and the sexual nature of words that are wrapped up in his prose. So when we lead with soul-shattering climax, I can't help but be reminded of that. Well, especially with the the font and size of text used for climax yeah um, yeah and yeah shattering to, to, that is really overselling this <laughs> like soul shattering implies to me a a quasi religious experience yeah. in which you see the face of god i actually i actually feel like that you empire would have more of a soul shattering climax because there's so much is revealed. So many things are left up in the air. You are, I maybe I did see the face of God. You don't know me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also this promise is something that just straight up doesn't happen in this book, which is a lightsaber duel between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. This is just a lot. With, with Leia as the uh, gasping onlooker in a very like, Oh, woe is me, damsel in distress oh, kind of pose. They always default to her looking like that, and it's just an insult to a great character. Today you die, Luke Skywalker. This is your final battle. Yeah. What? I mean, look, there's a long, proud tradition of comic book covers showing things that have no bearing on what happens between the pages, but this one is just so egregious that it has to be commented on because... If you're reading this book, hmm. you've seen Star Wars, probably. Well, I, I I really want to talk to somebody whose first introduction to the story of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope was this comic in particular. Because I'm sure there are probably some kids out there who had movie theaters nowhere close to where they lived, and all they could get was the comic books at a uh, drugstore, or whatever. I'm, I, I, that had to be the case. But yeah, see Luke Skywalker battle Darth Vader. Really? No, they don't really battle. Uh, there's a there's a chase kind of. Bet- is is Luke even aware that Vader's in the Tie Fighter behind him? I I don't think he is. I think it's a one, <laughs> and it's actually Han Solo that defeats Darth Vader in this specific story. Is Han Solo even aware that Darth Vader is in that no, front Tie Fighter? No. I think only only Darth Vader is aware of this rivalry happening here. Um, <laughs> he's does he know Luke Skywalker's name? 
That's actually oh. a big deal in the Marvel comics today is in the most recent uh like continuity of it, comics. It, uh, we have run specifically is about yeah. Vader discovering who Luke Skywalker is. He even yeah, because all he says is, Ooh, the force is strong with this one. Isn't that what mm-hmm. when he's in the thing? He just That's in the movie, yeah. Yeah, he just goes in the movie he's just like there, that that guy is good. It's all about Obi-Wan as his enemy in this. And then, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, all of this being set up that is my arch nemesis. Today you die, Luke Skywalker. What? Also, can I just say that Vader's legs and oh. like everything below the oh, waist yeah. with Vader here reminds me so much of the X-Men villain Apocalypse. Definitely. I was also going to say uh, this era of Thor particularly on the legs, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. armor scaling. And then I, I, I've i got to talk about the crotch flap, though. Oh, yeah. There's a big cod piece here that is like a heating pan. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us. There's a small Onimzola television in his groin. Some of us are a little shy about what we're packing downstairs. Uh, <laughs> I.e. nothing, because it burnt off. Look. There's been a long, long discussion in certain circles of the Star Wars fandom but you about whether or not Darth Vader has a robot penis. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I don't think he has a human one, so uh <laughs> I know what I know what I saw was left of him in Rogue One, and I don't think there's a penis attached to anything. Uh and I think Pulling it all back, we got a default to what Stan Lee said in Mallrats is like, look, really? We weren't worried about that sort of thing. (laughs) Your friend's a nice kid. He's a little hung up on superhero sex organs, but uh, he'll Uh, he'll be fine. Uh, uh, Anyway. Okay. So this cover is a complete fantasy, despite this being called (laughs) the greatest space fantasy film of all time, Star Wars. Yeah. This is a constru- construct of this cover and nothing else. Yeah, this is this is a kid in his bedroom playing with his action figures, right? Um, yeah. Is what this is. Uh, action figures were, mm-hmm. of course, famously not out in December of 77. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah so those kids, this is maybe... They're boxes they got for Christmas. Um, in December of 1977, the first six issues of Star Wars was maybe all you were going to get if you wanted Star Wars merch. I do recommend... I mentioned there, there's no documentary about these comics, but there's a great documentary called Plastic Galaxy about the entire history of the Star Wars toys that is uh, that is excellent. Oh, yeah. And there's there's that, and there's obviously the toys that made it's us, and made, like there's a lot to be said about the, the Star Wars The guys who made Plastic Galaxy went on to make the toys that made us. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, anyway... Uh, here we go. The, the, the X-Wings are streaking towards the Death Star, which... Is, the, is it upside down here? Is anything really upside down in space, Joe? Well, I know, but at least visually oriented on the page. Shouldn't the, the main, like, um, cannon whatever dish here, shouldn't that be up top? It depends on which way it's facing. I mean, it, all through Rogue One, we see it oriented like this. We're used to seeing it with the dish oriented up I'm towards what we're yeah, seeing visually. Uh, and that's usually how it is. You're right, in Rogue One it does that, but here... Whatever. Anyway, there's lots of... Again, the the rules aren't written yet. We don't have That's decades true. of iconic images of the Death Star hanging in the sky with the dish pointing up and to the left as of this point. This is true. Um, but it is, it is asking a very important question, which is, 
Is this the final chapter? No, no, it is not. <laughs> 30 minutes. That's how long the name <laughs> base has before the Death Star. Gigantic battle station of the Galactic Empire will be in position to destroy it. Now, like angry mosquitoes, the rebel fighters streak upward from their hidden hangars on the fourth moon of Yavin to attack a technological terror. Wow. Yeah. And look, technological terror is a line used in the film by the Imperial Admiralty. I believe it, uh, Vader himself says your technological terror. Uh, yeah, there, there is something like that. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love that. And then I love this line. And somewhere, Luke Skywalker is among them. We don't know where, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we kind of uh, thanked Roy Thomas for his restraint at the recap at the beginning of the last issue. And then he's immediately gone back and gone, but by the way, I can still write in this first page. And then I love this idea that when we go to the next page, we need to see each pilot in a different color of cockpit for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I do want to point out again, the creative like credits here. We have like Patty, the colorist and Lay and Royer as letterers. No idea who those are. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But uh, uh, but I do I do love the credit of embellishers for the anchors. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of nice. Uh, that makes it a little bit more fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, in the next page we have our full. <laughs> at the top of the page we have five different panels with five different pilots, and they're about to form Voltron because <laughs> <laughs> they're all different colors. We've got a blue, a green, a yellow, an orange, and a red. And they're all listing out their call signs, which in this comic, as with the original shooting script, I believe, they are blue squadron as opposed to red yeah, squadron, which they real. would eventually be. And then it's just, you know, it's not enough to show the X-Wing wings coming apart. He's got to go, like narrow seeds, the double wings on the X-Wing fighters suddenly split apart. The ships have now become deadly X-shaped darts. They're just like, good lord. I do like the pretty solid recreation of that scene yeah. of the X-Wings moving and their wings splitting apart as their S-foils lock into attack position. That is, that's what I'm saying, though, is like, Jaken's got it, man. Cool it. Yeah, and I th I honestly do think the colors are a lot better in this issue yeah, than man. all the previous issues we've seen Good before. Work. Even the Power yeah. Ranger thing we're doing at the top of the, the, the page here is cool and dynamic. Great stuff, Patty. Whoever. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so they're they're flying in. Lots of uh, uh lots of descriptions of them flying, and we do get Luke in his cockpit at the bottom of the page here as blue five here, yep. as opposed to red five. Red five. Uh and he's standing by. Yes. I used to have the X Wing toy with the buttons that would make him say things. You know, you could push the buttons, it would go red five, standing by. Uh, mm -hmm. So we get the X-Wing zooming in, and then on this third page, we have them finally approaching the Death Star. And we've got some scrambling Imperials on this page that look like something out of a heavy metal magazine. Definitely. And none of this is in the movie where you have, like, TIE fighter pilots and stormtroopers talking during all of this. 
Mm-hmm. This is the fools. They don't realize this battle station is now the ultimate power in the universe. What chance do a few X-Wing fighters have against us? Say two pilots to each other who are completely miscolored, by the way. The, uh, the fighter pilot yeah. uh, colors here being white as opposed to black. Yeah, they just make them more stormtroopers, right, basically. And the helmet mm-hmm. isn't quite right either. Uh, oh, that forward, that guy in the front of the panel here yeah. in this third panel, it looks... Totally, I have no idea who this fighter pilot is, but he's from a totally different setting and movie. <laughs> well, look, if the Empire had Maverick on their side, the Rebels are doomed. Well, he would have destroyed all these guys, no problem. Maverick, <laughs> Maverick's the only fighter pilot to have five kills in peacetime, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we get uh, some more Imperial officers chattering at each other in this fourth panel down here. And yeah, they do look like something out of, uh, like, I don't know, Judge Dredd or something. They have that look. I was going to say, the way they're all going around, also, d- the the dialogue and stuff, really feels like Cobra soldiers in a G.I. Joe cop. Mm-hmm. Like, like, those Joes don't stand a chance! And they just this. They're mad is what they are. Why aren't they simply defending themselves on Yavin's fourth moon as we expected? No matter, we'll blast them right out of the sky. Yeah, I think this is all Roy Thomas. I don't think any of this was even in a shooting script. I think this is just no. nonsense. Um, so we get we get some uh, guys get ready. There is so much space battling, and some of it works and some of it doesn't. Space battles are hard in a comic because you don't have speed and maneuvering the way you do in a movie. Now, some of the more modern Star Wars comics have done some interesting stuff with them, but here, it's a lot of ships flying about. So, if we remember correctly, if we hearken back to those yet days of yesteryear when there was but a single Star Wars movie, and we were entering this portion of the film, how much runtime would you say is left in be, the movie? What, 15 maybe when this happens? Maybe, yeah. I think 15, 20, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, no more than 20 minutes, for sure. This is definitely your third act battle sequence. Right. And the start of the third act is them definitely landing on Yavin 4 yeah. and doing the breakdown. But this is definitely the climax of the film. This is, I mean, in the war movie structure that he's following, this is the big final battle sequence. Right. So in Star Wars, the movie, we've got a two-hour and a some change yeah. movie. basically two hours, yeah. Yeah. Well, not including credits. We can, like, chop out a couple of minutes here and there. Yeah. But. So this whole issue is dedicated to this final climactic battle. Yeah. Which, does that feel right to you, John, that we spend so much time in other issues on random bullshit, like selling the speeder back in Mos Eisley, <laughs> or <laughs> get, now get, I, get a good deal for that speeder, Luke. Uh. <laughs> or Obi-Wan sneaking around silently with purple pros following him everywhere he goes in the Death Star. Obi, master of the shadows. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, the answer is no. This is this is so weirdly structured as six issues of comics. Uh huh. Because it, so it forced, it, we talked both last week's issue, issue five and six, both have to really drag out these action sequences. And mm-hmm. as great as comics are at having action, they shouldn't be purely action driven like this. 
Or and if they are, they need way less words on the page. My God. Yeah, this should read so fast, and instead, I was struggling to get through this last night. <laughs> yeah, so we we cut, we're still on the Death Star. We we rarely ever leave the Death Star in this last one, which I appreciate. Sure, we get sure. a couple of cutaways to Leia back at the Rebel base, sure. but other than that. Yeah, um, so let, let's get, yeah, uh, Luke's going in. And really what this issue is, and this is why I was a little... I don't know how much, how long this particular episode of the show is going to be because every, a lot of pages break down to, and Roy Thomas describes what happens as still images give you a vague idea of what's happening, but actually don't show anything. Next instant, blinding laser bolts streak from Luke's weapons, creating a huge fireball on the battle station's dim surface. A fireball he cannot avoid. And then he avoids it. Unable to turn in time, Luke's fighter plunges. Yeah, and then it's just like, he makes it seem like, oh my god, uh, uh, where Luke knows the terrors of the damned. Good God, Roy Thomas. This is the beginning of Dark Knight Returns when uh, Bruce Wayne is driving the race car hoping to kill himself in a violent car crash. (laughs) Yeah, I I do think he wrote in here Luke going, this would be a good death. No, 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 that's not good. Uh, meanwhile, but each of these panels that describe Luke hurtling through this fireball is just an X-wing with speed lines flying across the panel. And in the background, it's just big red and black clouds. We don't even really see what he's describing. This is like two seconds in the movie as Luke goes around something that's exploding. (laughs) Right. And here it's half a page. Yeah, this is this is. This is something comics can do, but should it do is a good question when you're writing stuff like that. When you get <laughs> things into panels, you can slow action down in a way a movie can't. But why are you doing that? Like, is a good question. Oh, and do you, are you treating it like slow motion would be in a movie? Sometimes that can be very effective. Oh, we've talked a lot. We were both huge fans of the Fraction Aha uh-huh, Hawkeye run, which does a lot of that stuff with the pulling of the bow and shooting of arrows and stuff like that. But it's so yeah. deliberate and in the design of the comic. Here it just feels like yeah. we got to fill 20 pages this week, man. Uh, right. Uh, and and there's just not much movie here for us to adapt. Uh, so, well, and s- speaking of, we get a really superfluous scene with Vader and this uh, Imperial officer. Again, dressed in green. Yeah. No idea who this guy is. saluting. I don't remember them ever being like, hello, balls. (laughs) Whatever you say, Lord Vader. Yeah, I don't remember them ever being a formal, like, uh... (laughs) but yeah, this guy's all over this issue, too. It's just like, well, we need somebody for Vader to talk to. Hello. Yeah. It's me, (laughs) Ken. (laughs) Oh, Staff Sergeant Ken, I'd never be mad at you. <laughs> it's me, your favorite Imperial officer, Staff Sergeant Ken. Uh, <laughs> With atrocity clipboard attachments. Uh, and also, yeah, I like Vader being like, this station is not designed to do battle with such a puny, insignificant spacecraft. And that could be its fatal flaw. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did we not think about fighter craft in a place where fighter craft are one of the most common forms of spaceship? Shit. Uh, The one thing the rebels have the most of. Oh, no, no, no. Like, yeah, fame. The one thing we have packed this ship with as well. Christ. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, Vader's so pissed here. Uh, I mean, he has yeah. every right to be pissed. Oh, oh those rebels! He's constantly shaking his fists in achievement or anger. That's like his go-to move in these comics. It's just Vader fist shake Vader's, for emphasis. Uh, Vader's closer to the uh, the mean Dean in a college frat comic. <laughs> Rebel! Rebel House! Oh no, they've got Belushi on the team now. He'll create some antics. Would Star Wars be better if Jack Porkins was played by Jim Belushi at the time? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, just checking. Of course! <laughs> Although I if it was never mentioned, and it never gets brought up again, but it's just like, in this one sequence, in this where this fighter pilot dies, it just happens to be Jim Belushi. I just, it needs a little Belushi. It needs a little portly Chicago guy going, I don't know about that there, uh. <laughs> they came from behind. <laughs> well, Carrie Fisher in Blues Brothers. I'm saying, I'm saying, like there's a connection. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, it, she, she, that was her crowd that she was hanging out with that SNL crowd. So it's not possible. So, very possible. Speaking of uh, of Vader emphasizing with hands, yeah. this next page yeah. starts with just a froom in the background as Vader saying, "Another hit. The rebels are good, yeah. too good to take any chances with. Prepare my own personal ship." Uh, Where I believe in the movie, he's just like, "You two with me. I'll take them myself." Yeah. Well, that's a lot simpler. <laughs> Yeah. Once again, you just see everything pared down by you get to the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll oh this okay. I was waiting for this. I remember there being really weird wording and dialogue, and it's this. I'll deal myself with any who dare come too close. Who has ever spoken like that? I'll deal myself with any who dare come too close. God, deal myself with any who dare come too close. Let's have a little bit of that where it's like, myself is in the wrong place. It should be like, I'll deal with anyone who comes too close myself. Should be like, yeah, no, it's it's a bad, badly written sentence. I just was reading it last night. I read it four or five times going, that's so weird, man. I know, I know it's meant to be read, but comic book writers still go ahead and read that dialogue out loud when you're writing it. What are the odds that's copy and paste from whatever shooting script they have? And that's a Lucas original. Well, that does speak to George Lucas' famous <laughs> inability to write human speech. Because, uh, yeah, that, and you're right. That I mean, especially when we get to the prequels, there's shit like that in those movies where you're like, huh? People don't talk like that. Yeah, where yeah. you're going like, I understand what you're trying to say. Why would anyone say it like that? All I- Unless you're a green Muppet, it makes no sense. Yeah, all I know is I hate sand. <laughs> well, it's coarse and it gets everywhere. Yeah, the worst. Um. Anyway, so uh, back out here, more X wings and too much Roy Thomas. Uh, once again, going and Luke recalling his earlier wisecrack. <laughs> oh, he chuckles to himself and his classic wisecrack. Uh, well, he reflects that it really is like hunting womp rats back home in the crumbling canyons of Tatooine, but he's. Comparing hunting womp rats in the crumbling canyons of Tatooine to taking human life. Yep, that was exactly where I was going to go with that, too. It's like, huh, man, I care as little about the lives of these people as I do about those womp rats. I guess my sociopathic tendencies will really help the rebellion. Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, look, Saw Gerrera might have a thing or two well, to say about that. So. Well, I'm not saying <laughs> some legit sociopaths in the rebellion. <laughs> uh, there definitely are. And there is a certain... Um, well, and that's the other thing, too, I think, now that we've expanded it to, like... Uh, and even Han Solo's got nothing on the cold bloodedness of Cassian Andor, man. Um, nerd, um, uh, for sure. Gonna date this episode a little bit, but yeah, we're we're hip deep in Andor's release at this time time of recording, and oh, we're savoring it. Mm. Every tasty morsel of Andor. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, they're flying into the ship here. I mean, once again, yeah, we can kind of okay. Let's go to the next. We briefly check back in for almost no reason. Uh, down on the down on Yavin with uh, Leia and the generals. Oh, it's just to let you know where people are. Yeah. yeah, and we get a name drop of General Dodonna. I like a good Dodonna <laughs> reference. He's got a cool beard. But it, basically, the scene is just to go. Well, nothing we can do anyway. Back to the action. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but then it gets to this. Luke thinking about Han and Chewbacca on the next page. Oh, that. Yeah. Oh, that's silly. That is bad comic book art, you guys. Well, it's to remind us what they look like. So when they show up at the end of this issue, it's not a total like, who are these people? Yeah. If this is your first issue of Star Wars. It is just them going like, mm. or if you're like, don't worry, fellas, we d- we didn't forget about your favorites. Uh, yeah. All you Han and... He feels so much better if Han Solo and Chewbacca were here as he thinks wistfully about their gorgeous faces. Mm. Oh, 1977 Harrison Ford. So honky. Uh... <laughs> But Han got his reward for saving the princess, and that's all he seems to Biggs. Look <laughs> out! I just love the idea of him like daydreaming his things like, oh that Han Solo. Shit, Biggs, goddammit! <laughs> Because, yeah, Biggs is in trouble, and now Luke has to swoop in and try to save him. Which he does. He does, but no, it's not going to work out for Biggs, you guys. Don't, uh... Well, and Biggs' Biggs' classic line, I can't shake him! Yeah, can't shake... That also also played on my X-Wing toy as a kid. Can't shake him! Uh... And so then, yeah, Luke, uh, Luke kills another person, which he's thrilled about. Like a rat! Like a vermin that he would kill as a child! Yeah. Luke killed animals as a child. Let's just let that sink in. <laughs> Think of it. Luke Skywalker's kind of sleep. Uh, <laughs> lusting after his sister, murdering small animals, having no feelings about mm-hmm. taking the lives mm-hmm. of others. Yikes. Uh, so we're back on Yavin's moon, and they... they, they oh, no, the, the computer board's not working. I like how we have a break here for we're having technical issues. Oh, hold on. <laughs> we gotta get... We get, we got to get who I would be in the Star Wars universe of get that AV guy in here. Also, we have a small inset panel here oh. of an extremely romance comic looking oh, Leia God. with a shocked face. Yeah. Oh dear, even with R2D2. Oh, this is also clunky dialogue. Oh dear, even with R2D2 serving as his R2 unit. R2D2 serving as his R2 unit. Well, this is before we'd invented the term astromech. It is, but it just seems like even with R2-D2, it could have been enough, right? Master Luke is likely to be hurt. It's just the it's just so clunky. Um, It's almost monk clunky, if you will. Um, well, uh, let's not go that far, John. <laughs> I do wish he wouldn't take so many... T- this is 3PO going, oh, uh, yes, I'm still in this comic, too. Uh <laughs> And then, yes, who do I, 3PO? 
so do I. Because I love him so. Isn't that what And now we... Yeah, I mean, that is the subtext. Uh, and then we've got more shooting of TIE fighters and such. Well, look, pew, pew. now we have to have the somber section of this episode. And Sarah McLaughlin's going to be playing over the background of this. You. Yeah. And because the first of our blue squadron to fall to the Imperial laser bolts is, of course, blue four. Mm. But then we have somebody who can't shake him. He's okay. He can hold on for just... And then... Like a glimmering ember in a winter night, so departs poor, poor Jack Porkins. Oh, no, 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 no. I'd like to have... No, no. Yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry, you've misnamed him. I believe this here says his name is Tano Porkins. Well, that's his middle name. <laughs> Jack Tano Porkins. Okay. Also known as Piggy to his friends. Oh, yeah. What the fuck was that, man? Originally born as a traitor on Bestin 4, Jack Porkins began to see the brutality of the Galactic Empire when they decided to build a base on his homeworld, which outbrooded the lives of any inhabitants in the path of its construction. As the Empire's authoritarian attitude grew, Porkins left his homeworld seeking revenge. He trained to become a a starfighter in the cores of the Galactic Alliance to restore the Republic. Yeah, and he couldn't say no to a Snickers bar. All right? Uh, It's all right. Um, Jesus. Uh, Yeah, Porkins. Porkins was truly the best of us, and we mourn his passing. Nothing's worse to me than the piggy line about like, and I mean, already you call the guy Porkins, and then it's like, then you then you add piggy to this as well. Like, we get it. He was fat, okay? God, it's such a weird background fat joke that this movie makes in its third act when the stakes could not be higher, yeah. but also, ha ha, fat guy is a pig. Daddy like cake. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's such a... It's always struck me as a bizarre insertion into the film of... And the fat guy's name is Porkins. This is, that was actor William Hootkins. Uh, was the guy's real name. Because um, uh, he also goes on to be in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And what I primarily know him from, which is 1989's Batman, where he plays Sergeant Eckhart. Mm-hmm. Eckhart! Think about the future. And and the fact that we get a last panel break on this page to focus on Big's Darklighter being like wistfully thinking of his good friend Piggy. Piggy, you will be avenged. Like at what point do we get the bromance between Jack Tano Porkins and Biggs Darklighter that makes this panel necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I know what I'm going to pitch to Marvel now. Oh, John, I know because it is a comic we will be covering eventually. <laughs> and it is uh, Stolen Valor, the short story in the Age of Rebellion specials that came out a few years ago. Oh, I probably read that, but just forgot about it because I definitely read There is a short story that focuses on the relationship between Jack Porkins and Big Star Collider. They go on vacation together. I forgot about that. <laughs> I definitely read that comic. Oh, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> All right, we got, we got to move on here. Uh, by the way. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, um, let's go to this next panel. Is this an inset of, what is this, Blue Leader? This is Blue Leader, 100%. Yeah. Uh, it's looking a little Nazi, that uh, Rebel logo to me. Yeah, we actually haven't seen 
the rebel logo yeah. in any of these comics. I don't know if it was an established thing yet. I don't. At least not when these comics were being uh, drawn. I mean, now it's so iconic and it's on everything. Right. I've got a shirt and a hat and so much stuff with it. Right. Uh, yeah. Also, and all the derivations of it, like it being the shape of like a rising phoenix or a bird. Like, it, yeah. There's all many different um, like casts to it now. But we get so many fatooms and spoees here. Uh, I love a good spoee. Um, also, on that last page, actually, is the only name check I believe in the sequence, and I don't think we ever formally see him of my favorite X-wing pilot, Wedge Antilles. Oh, we'll get to Wedge Antilles when we when we talk about the Rogue Squadron comics. Wedge is going to be our central character. Well, Wedge there, so. to me is always the quiet hero of the original trilogy because he's in all three movies and he makes it through all the battles. And you're just like, yeah. I never gets the credit, but he ruled. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he is there at the celebration at the end. He does get a moment in Jedi where it's like, Yeah, and you were here too, Wedge. <laughs> Great. And lest we forget, there is a moment where he shows up in Rise of Skywalker, but less said about that movie, the better. Also, it was one of those where I was like, hey, that's it. Okay, great. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I don't like that whole movie. It was like, you remember that thing? Anyway, uh, (laughs) how about this is one of my, I I also love, once again, him not knowing fully what the deal with Darth Vader is on this last panel. So he's just like, Darth Vader's eyes, doubtless narrow. Oh, God, that's also so terribly written. Um, probably. He's probably narrowing his eyes behind that mask, but we can't tell. What I like is he's like, we don't, because the other thing you got to keep in mind is we don't really know what Vader's deal is at this point. And there even was debate, I feel like, uh, in documents I've heard from Lucasfilm about like, like, is, is there a guy under there? Is he a robot? So I love mm-hmm. this idea of Roy Thomas even not sure just goes, well, if he were to have eyes, which he might, they probably <laughs> would imaginably be narrowing if they can. Uh, <laughs> like there is yeah. things where they don't have certain information and it's kind of fun to see them tiptoe around it where it's like we can't actually confirm things so uh right so because this is the bit where vader takes out blue leader slash red leader yep uh and so all the only people who are left to be able to do the trench run are luke and wedge and biggs which they say here, which I and and and, and Biggs, I, but I'm already like preemptively omitting Biggs because he is not long for this world. I just love the way this happens. He uh, uh, it goes now. There is just himself and Wedge and Biggs. <laughs> yeah, on this next page. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, which we do. We get uh, we get a, a scene of Wedge here with Wedge being the most generic white guy you've ever seen. Yeah, they don't know what Dennis Haskins looks like. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, famously uncle of uh, Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a long tradition of Star Wars in that family. Yeah, uh, my favorite story is, of course, uh, what is it? Uh, Ewan McGregor's brother who went on to join the RAF and whose fighter pilot call sign was Obi Two. Yeah. That whole family, man. They're nerds. Um, uh, well, let's go to the next page, and we're deep inside the Death Star. Yeah, we've got our. It's we're in our trench run, um, and they obviously kind of know what the trench run's going to look like because we get a pretty decent recreation of it here. Yeah, they must have had some of this kind of stuff. Or at this point, I mean, by the time you get into this, 
They've seen the movie. I, I just, I have no doubt in my mind. We keep saying that, and yet there are bits and pieces here that make it seem like they have The trench run, they, I can't imagine they have, like, stills of that or something. That's all post-production special effects stuff. So they have a good idea of this trench run. They at least got screened that sequence or something. I don't know. Anyway, mm. but once again, so much. Uh, is this Staff Sergeant Ken coming up to Governor Tarkin? It's got to be. Who else could it be? Hello, Staff Sergeant Ken here. Uh, just Governor Tarkin, I've checked with all the coordinates as you ordered, and I find that there is a danger, however small. Shall I have your personal craft stand by for a possible evacuation? I just love the idea of this, like, generic guy on the Death Star. How you doing, Ken here? Uh, this is an interesting... <laughs> is this in the movie? Where they? I don't think this is in the movie, is it? I like what where they offer Tarkin a chance to retreat. Yeah, yeah. He he has that. He actually even has that line. It's like what in our hour of victory? I think not. All right, that is. Uh, yeah, I've seen the movie a lot, but I can't remember. We do get another blast from Luke Skywalker. You know, he was always saying that kind of stuff. Blast. If R two can't put me back in touch with Computer Central back on Yavin Four, I'll have to aim the proton torpedoes manually, and that's not as accurate as. This feelings, I actually hate this Me too. moment here. Me too. Because it actively takes away from Luke's decision to not use his targeting yeah. computer in the movie. Right? In this, where in the movie, it's he turns it off, which is such a... Well, again, yeah. <laughs> the arc of Luke Skywalker to becoming a Jedi is... I don't know. Some might say the entire spine of the original trilogy. Uh, and this is kind of a theme... <laughs> moment in that is him choosing the force over technology which is mm -hmm. key to everything about this character but once again you've got to love him going ben ben kenobi of those tatooine kenobis <laughs> is that really you and then and then i was like i don't know it probably wasn't though uh, it's like oh for the love of god Speaking speaking of bad writing, it is a young old voice which sounds in his ears. A familiar what? voice. Well, that's Ben. You know, Ben Kenobi. A voice once calm, confident, contented, and reassuring. A voice he has listened hey. to intently on the deserts of Tatooine and elsewhere. Hey, Thomas, pick a descriptor, all right? <laughs> calm, confident, contented, and reassuring. Good lord! Throw a thesaurus at this thing, man. Uh, yeah, well, look. It, it's fun to write words that sound the same. Isn't it just... Uh, so anyway, and then I love him going like, hmm, maybe he somehow merged with the Force and became one with the thing. Maybe that's how... It's like, oh, this oh, man's too much. Oh. Yeah, it, it removes all of the mysticism from the whole being touched by the spirit of Kenobi in this scene. Uh, like, we lose so much impact at every angle of this it, scene. It, it, Not least of which is the fact that Luke saying that Darth Vader is behind them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so let's go. We're in the trench here. Uh, whatever, Big's going to get killed. Uh <laughs> Oh, yeah. Biggs gets killed real hard here in this yeah. next page. Uh, I also love the, the, the once again, the teeth gritting on the, Wedge and I can't drop back to cover you this time. The teeth gritting and the, then don't, is how I have to read that based on the expression. Yeah. Concentrate on hitting that exhaust port and blowing that station to kingdom come. That's the only thing that I'm 
kaboom. And of course, his famous last word of yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does have a eyes uh, with a cor- just a haunting scree. <laughs> well, it's one of I, I do like that the yeah is cut short, yeah. but the scree is left to drop oh, to the bottom of the panel. Yeah, yeah. We lost Biggs. Not Biggs, my childhood chum. Yeah. He'll always be the best friend I've got. Oh, and this is classic 70s comic book narrator just twisting the knife into their main character. <laughs> Luke said to Biggs, a short eternity. <laughs> a short eternity. <laughs> I, I, I like that, actually. Oh, That's a oh. cool little turn of phrase of just like, it hasn't been that long, but also it feels like forever because oh, Luke has come so far. It's a little much for me. Uh, you'll always be the best friend I've got. Anyway, back to the battle. We don't have too much time. Anyway, yeah. And of course we lose all of that in the film because we've seen Biggs for maybe five minutes. I've total. always stood by you could just ditch all the big stuff. I I, I think it's 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 always fascinated me that they cut the beginning but kept his importance as if we're kinda of supposed to know him. Because they mm-hmm. don't want the emotional impact of his death, but you are like, I met that guy like two minutes ago. <laughs> Yeah, so Luke's reaction makes so little like, emotional sense wit, to the viewer. Of the uh, uh, not Wedge. Uh, uh, Biggs means as much as Porkins, honestly, to us as an audience. Really. Yeah, 100%. Uh, like, so anyway, uh, I've picked up one, and whoever he is, he's a devil of a flyer. Yeah, on the next page, we've got Vader is closing in on Luke, and Wedge is has some kind of malfunction. He doesn't even get shot in this. He just has a malfunction and has to leave. I believe in the movie he gets hit he gets hit and can't stick with him, so he has to pull yeah, away. I think he loses one of his engines, is what I remember. Uh boy, I don't like them doing dirty by my boy Wedge. Um here where he's Well, this is this is proto Wedge at best. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, John. yeah. No, this is not this is the no, no, we know the Wedge is gonna be an uber badass in these comics eventually, but um mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so they fly off, and then, but I do love, but who is left? I don't understand. TIE fighters are getting exploded by some other ship. Who could it be? Can we talk about the expletive here from Vader in this last panel when he shouts, by the immortal gods of the Sith? Oh my god, yes we can, (laughs) of course. That's a crazy... That's wild, man. <laughs> I love Vader cursing by the gods. That's such, speaking of, like, Roy Thomas's better work, that's such a Conan thing yeah. to shout. By Crom! This will be, yeah. yeah. Mm. By the howling fjords of whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 very much that. Or, of course, Thor as well and stuff like that. It's all the grandiose sort of... Uh, pulp fantasy stuff of marvel by the hoary hosts of hog yeah 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 it's definitely got and roy thomas did write a lot of dr strange uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so yeah feel that in here uh and yeah a name dropping the sith is something that we've brought up is just like that's not something that happens in the movie so it's oh, cool that, to see that's, that that's like established canon this early that's wild to me that that's, that that's thrown in here but once again they just have probably a booklet of stuff mm-hmm. then from out of yavin's son or so it seems. Why write that? Uh, comes in- Especially when you're not going to show it, because it's such an iconic scene yeah. from the movie with the Millennium Falcon coming out of the glare of the sun. You also don't have, because I think it's also a very Harrison Ford moment of the, yeah, 
you know. Yeah, his ye- his yeehaw. Yeah. Oh, it's it's gorgeous, man. Come on, but it's just not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, comes a th- a new threat for which the pursuing Tie Fighters are not prepared. A space freighter that does not move like a freighter somehow, but faster, surer. Its name is the Millennium Falcon. How about from out of Yavin's son, the Millennium Falcon? Or, once again, nothing. The ship is right there on the page. <laughs> I-, I love the second panel, though, because it gives us no idea of what's actually going on. And if not for the narration, we actually wouldn't have a clear idea of what happens Nope, here. and it's a key moment. That it-, it actually is what sends Darth Vader off in the movie. And yet, it's just, and make sure he doesn't get killed. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it's it's classic. Uh, it's classic. Mo- I mean, I love Vader's end in New Hope because it's such a Ming the Merciless movie serial. Like, mm, until next time, heroes. You know, it's great. <laughs> uh, and so there he goes off into space. And you do. I mean, there's a literal fist shaking here. Where he's like, ooh, them rebels. But he's also like holding the controls of the ship yep. or something or a joystick. I don't know it's what's happening. Weird, because it appears that the joystick has detached based on the height that it's at now in his hand. I don't. Yeah, well, here's your problem, Lord Vader. You've uh, pulled the steering column just straight out of this console here. What we need more blue collar guys like that in Star Wars. Ah, <laughs> uh, here you go. Here's your problem. I mean, Amy Sedaris in Mandalorian is probably as close uh, as we get. Yeah, actually, she's got that sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, here's the problem. That's true. I do love that. <laughs> and then, of course, Chewie, I'm sure audiences were applauding reading this, a distinct garonk. Mm, classic heartwarming garonk as Chewie's steely blue eyes focus in on the action. Whoa. Oh, those gorgeous baby blues, man. Uh look at that. I actually don't know what color Chewie's eyes are. They're not they're not this striking, whatever they are. Um I think they might actually be blue, but they're not they don't look like this. Um but uh yeah, it's one of those things where you go like uh I feel like it's in the same boat as 3PO has a silver leg. Mm-hmm. Are you going like, yeah, they are blue eyes. But they're not this. I mean, actually, I'm looking at some close-ups of, like, busts and stuff. They're pretty, like, there's some Zoolander going on there. Those eyes, they're, they're, they're silver. Well, okay, but I'm looking at it here. They're smaller eyes, and they're more inset in his face with, like, the fur. Oh, 100%. Here, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just, they're popping like nobody's business, man. Yeah, there's some blue steel happening. Here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, anyway. But, yeah, Solo gets his line at the bottom of the page here saying, now let's blow this thing so we can all go home. Yeah. Luke, trust me. Yeah, and we get one last bit of Luke getting the weird ghost voice in his head, uh, and... So now we've got to backtrack here because yeah. we do have the line, base one to blue five, the target device is off, what's wrong? And he says, I'm switching to manual. So now we do get the, okay, it's fine, it works now, but I'm choosing not to use it. So it's a complete 180 from the information we were given earlier. Again, the words of Ben Kenobi, your lies can deceive you, don't trust them. Stretch out your feet. What accent was that, John? Yeah, I got lost on that middle sentence. <laughs> don't trust them. 
It should be. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. All Stre- right. Stretch out with your feelings. I didn't know Paul McCartney played him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, closer than. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I got, I got a little Middle Eastern with it there for a second. Uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, Omar Sharif was in there playing uh, Obi Wan. But yeah. You know, when John and I were writing the, writing the White Album, uh, oh, anyway, <laughs> use the force and whatnot. Um, good shot, kid. That was one in a million. Of course, that's in the movie, classic. Mm-hmm. Or that thing goes supernova. I, I mean, my God, the explosion on the Death Star was is spectacular here. I want this poster. I don't want any of the text. I just want this yeah, poster. Agreed. Because the because this page here is this huge blinding explosion with against the red and yellow star field as an X wing zooms away is rad. It is rad, and I will say Roy Thomas is actively damaging how rad it is with this description. <laughs> like, yes, without yes. warning, the eternal night of space becomes for a few seconds the brightness of day. He does way too many of these qualifying sentences that drive me insane. The like mm. the eternal night of space becomes comma for a few seconds comma the brightness of day dude that loses some impact um that's bad writing man i'm sorry no one dares look directly at the exploding battle station not even mobile shield set on it come on man like stop talking and it just keeps going 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 the The universe seemed to fill for an instant with trillions of microscopic metal fragments propelled past the retreating ships blah 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 it's nonsense and all of that is detracting from this awesome full page explosion with the x-wing flying away Mm -hmm. all right so i want this on the side of a van sans any of the narration absolutely all right so we're back uh uh no this this got me Technicos? Huh? Uh, on the next page, Luke is shouting, Technicos! Hurry up and see to my R2 unit here. Technicos? Like technicians? Which is what the narration says, but he says it like that's a job title we should be Tec- familiar I've with. never heard anyone drop Technico in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, that that seems like a George Lucas made-up word that they just dropped <laughs> because it would confuse people. Um... Then uh, then we've got a uh, guy going, we'll do our best, sir. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Uh, well, because, yeah, there's, Did, R2 does take some damage in the, the dogfight. Yeah, uh, that, that's part of the movie. Um, but I was going to say, the art here is gruesome, though. I know. He's got big chunks out of him that are leaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, like, bits of him have melted. Yeah. It's real nasty. It's pretty bad. Uh, and then on that second panel there in the middle, we've got Mark Hamill looking more, really more like Dorothy Hamill. Um, <laughs> that is an effeminate Luke Skywalker, and that hair is all wrong because then it immediately switches into the next panel. It looks a little bit fuller and more like, yeah. And once again, Leia is all up in his business, but then is also all over Han Solo. They are embracing in both pay- panels, yes. And then this is the, and you, you big Corelli and you. What? <laughs> Come on, man. You know what, though? That, I bet, is George Lucas. I bet he did put that in. Somebody went, George, nobody knows what that means. That's weird. Because mm-hmm. I, I think, one of the senses I'm getting is there's probably a lot more name dropping of stuff that George Lucas 
like oh yeah stuff like that in the script and they were all just like this is making it hard to follow well and you have people like harrison ford and uh Others who have like come out and said that yeah. is when they were making this movie, they were reading these scripts and going like, I don't know what the hell any of this is. I love- You're asking me to say this stuff like it's normal. Well, that, of course, is the famous thing that Mark Hamill said he said to him, which is just like, that's the problem with this script, kid. You can write this shit, but you can't say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Mark Hamill, the last panel of this page is the most Mark Hamill I've seen Luke look in this entire book. It's so an far. incredible likeness all of a sudden. Yeah. And you're like. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Han Solo looks like a haggard old man <laughs> in the same panel next to him. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. So let's get to our medal ceremony. Bum, bum, yeah, bum, we, bum. Which is actually even listed as an epilogue. Yeah. In the vast and ancient chamber, the banners of many worlds flutter. Come on. Here we go. At the far end of an aisle, the uh, stands of He loves to do at the far end of, a, uh, of an open aisle stands a vision white. The princess, Leia Organa. He loves to, like, do reveals of stuff we know is there. When it is, like, a freighter that moves. It is the Millennium Falcon. It's like, yeah, man, we know. It takes a full minute for the trio of figures at the other end to cover the distance to the raised dais where she stands. And several times, it seems as if the gigantic furry, I'm running out of breath, even writing all this stuff right now. The one that gets me, though. Several times, it seems as if the gigantic furry one will bolt and run. What? Well, I mean, this comic seems to imply that Chewbacca is really nervous about an award ceremony, even though he is still still not given a medal in this comic. Well, and they they but they say it here which is so weird, right? They go uh 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 wordlessly Princess Leia places gold medallions first around Han Solo's neck, then Luke Skywalker's. Chewbacca the Wookiee. <laughs> Chewbacca the Wookiee really makes me laugh. It's Chewbacca the Wookiee, kids. Um mm-hmm. he will have his own medal, but he will have to put it on himself. You space princesses are that tall. Well, or he could, you know, lean down like anyone does when they get a medal and place it on it. No. Anyway, and he still, also, they just say he gets the medal. He doesn't have a medal on in the last panel. If if there was, like, a cut scene of Leia actually handing Chewie a medal and we've never seen it, I will be so furious. Yeah, where did, I, I am curious where they got that from. The whole Chewie doesn't get a medal thing? Yeah, because obviously it's not like anybody was actively complaining at this point. There was no internet or anything. I mean, maybe right. maybe the people in the Marvel offices thought that or something. But it is interesting mm-hmm. to include that line as like a thing to fix. Because uh, Roy Thomas is the first one to go, well, why isn't Chewie getting a medal? What the fuck, man? Uh, <laughs> I take back every bad thing I've said about Roy Thomas. He's right. Yeah, uh, and then they are joined by a fully repaired R2-D2 and a beaming C-3PO. They stand awash in the cheers and shouts of a grateful alliance. What the huge, what the future holds for these six daring souls? Only time and the space wins. No. Ugh. But for today, okay. for now, they are content. And then... Space wins are a real thing, so... Anyway, but yeah, I, but it's just it's all in the thing there, right? And you go, but even better, a term I've never heard used towards the Star Wars heroes. Next issue, a new adventure of the Space Warrior or the Star Warriors. These are the Star Wars, therefore they are the Star Warriors. That is 
total Saturday morning logic and it tracks to me. It's total Marvel <laughs> comic. Like they if they could, they would have called the rest of the book the Star Warriors. Meet yeah. your newest space team, the Star Warriors. <laughs> Absolutely. And before we leave this last page, I do want to, like, really focus on the extreme unibrow of Han Solo in oh that second my to last God. panel there. Right about it. it looks like his hand is on his gun. Like, he might have to pull... Well, yeah, in, in case he needs to draw on Leia. <laughs> I don't like the way she's looking at me. <laughs> Chewie, back off! Yeah. Chewie, you ready for anything. And Chewie's like, hey man, I'm already ready to bolt! <laughs> Look, matte paintings of lots of people make Chewie extremely nervous. So he needs to get out of here at a moment's notice. Telling you, Han, those people aren't real. They're just 2D <laughs> photos. This is all weird. This is too weird, I do, man. I, I do love that fact about the, yeah. the final metal sequence in Star Wars is that none of those people were real. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. And it actually. Or some of them were, but yeah. the vast majority were a matte painting. Yeah, and it's, it's still the same thing we do today. We just do it with computers. But yes. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Oh God, we finally got to the end of the movie. I am so excited to know where these Star Warriors will go next. So interesting little bit of note here in the end is the look of Luke. Uh, so they clearly have like costume set design stuff of this final scene as well. Yep. Cause they know he's got his yellow jacket, which is, a uh, uh, I love this look for Luke, and we get way more of it in the Marvel comics. I know, it was always uh, more recently. We're like, why didn't that come back in Empire? It's the coolest look for Luke, be besides, of course, when he's all in black and Jedi, which is just badass. Um, but sure. But yeah, that uh, yeah. jacket I've always loved. Um, but yeah, that is the final issue uh, of now, the first uh, six issues of Marvel Group. Marvel Comics Group Star Wars comic. There you go, man. I, I, I'm... I, I, now it's an uncharted future until we get to Empire, but we have three years of non basically, right? Yeah, no, we've got uh, a little over 30 issues to go between now and the adaptation of Empire, which is also part of this run. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see how much story they can jam in there and how much they tiptoe around actually progressing these characters. Because that's always the thing, right? right? When you have stories set between any of the major films is you can only do so much in that space if you're dealing with any of the main characters because we know where they end up. Yes, and I will be interested to see as well when we get to Empire if they have to backtrack anything that they set up that Empire then refuted or something, right? Like there's all kinds of Right, stuff. exactly. Because everything we get until we get to Empire, is based only off of the info that's contained in that first movie and, I guess, whatever documents they have. But, yeah. And there are a couple of things that float around that you see crop up. Like, uh, I mean, hell, there's information in this comic that is not present in the film itself. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, talking about the Sith and Jedi in certain ways and, and Corellia and other things that we've pointed out. And, of course, we will get stuff like Splinter of the Mind's Eye and stuff like that, and I don't know how much bearing that's going to have on anything. But, like, there's a couple of loose things. I wonder if Life Day will be mentioned, if that holiday special will have any connection. Oh, boy. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, there's so little to go off of during this time that I'm just curious to see what finds its way in there. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. I will say, John, we are a mere two issues away from the introduction of everybody's favorite green giant rabbit. Yeah! So strap in for that. Jackson! 
<laughs> We're so excited for Jackson. He's such a stupid character. <laughs> he, he, to me, he's the mascot of com of this comic book Star Wars. So, yeah, yeah that's true. I love it, man. All right. Well, I can't wait to start that adventure. So, yeah, absolutely. So, join us next time. Um, obviously. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support everything we're doing here at May the Panel Be With You and everything else we do on the Punch-Up Entertainment Network, you can do that by uh, reviewing this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or uh, hitting subscribe and all of those things on YouTube as well. Tongle that dongle down below um, and make sure you're maybe even leaving comments. Comments are nice. I'm. This is the call to action that I'm doing right now. This is. Um, that's what they... <laughs> and of course on the punch up entertainment network on this youtube page and wherever you find podcasts you can find all of our other shows including panel up where john and i talk about pop culture stuff uh material components where i run a game of dungeons and dragons with my friends and uh action shelf where john campbell and michael listman talk about really bad action movies on a regular basis. and of course campbell and jones meet the monsters where brendan jones and i follow through the history of the classic movie monsters so Lots of yes, indeed. there. And of course, you can go get exclusive content over on our Podbean patron page, which is patron.podbean.com slash punch up. Absolutely. And of course, as always, thank you so much for listening. And as always, may the panels be with you. Hmm.